Hello and welcome to the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy, conversation is what the show is all about and today is a conversation show, the first of the relaunched show. Uh, this one was recorded about, I think, about seven weeks ago. It's been been a while now, it's been up on Rumble if you want to actually watch the video version of this of this show. Of this episode, you can go to Rumble, uh, arriving somewhere on Rumble, and this conversation features Mr. Richie Watson. Richie actually gives a beautiful, elegant uh, introduction uh, for himself on the show, so I, w- I won't repeat uh, what he says. But Richie did reach out and, and message me and actually said he he re- re-listened to this episode and said there's there's a lot of a lot of great stuff, a lot of great stuff, a lot of gold here, a lot of gold here to mine, his words, and I had a listen back today, and I agree with him, uh, love Richie and love having him on the show, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Just a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast, rate it as highly as you can, leave a comment, and and share, 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 share away, all of those things help the show grow and help it to get out to more people alrighty let's jump into the show enjoy this conversation with Mr. Richie Watson Richie Watson you can you can give us a little uh, brief introduction w- about yourself but you were in my in my old podcast you're how many conversations do we have two or three conversations yeah we had, we had two or three I think yeah, yeah yeah so this will be probably the fourth but it's been a couple of years so, um, and I've probably got a slightly different audience now. <laughs> now, so if you want to just give a little brief introduction about yourself, sure, man. It's lazy as hell getting me to do my introduction. This is uh, absolutely this is a woeful, a woeful beginning, man. But, but I will, podcast. but I will say this: that the first time I introduced you, you criticised my introduction. So I figure I'm just going to hand it over to you. Oh, okay, all right, fair <laughs> enough, man. In that case, I deserve it. <laughs> okay, so my name is Richie Watson, and um, I'm I'm a, a I would say a personal development entrepreneur. So. Uh, before all this madness, I ran retreats and seminars and workshops. I work with people closely in, uh, and I work with groups. I do a lot of different personal development and transformation work. I work with people, personal issues, professional, relational. Um, I've been through 50 shades of hell throughout my life. Um, and in order to survive that and come through it, come through it in a way that I could live with. And that means, you know, I understand the precious gift of life and I had a good deep sense of what I could accomplish with that precious gift. So it wasn't good enough for me to just get by. I survived my challenges. I needed to thrive. I needed to create something significant and meaningful for myself. In order to do that, I had to navigate these 50 shades of hell. Um, I've never said that before. I don't know why I'm sticking with it. I should just throw (laughs) that out. Um, And so I, I discovered how I could make life work. I discovered how I could navigate these things. And over the course of the time, I got very good at that. Other people tended to show up and ask me for help. And then I had to become good at articulating it to other people. And then I had to become good at guiding them with it too. So I then mapped what it is I did um, and developed that into what has become these approaches uh, for transformation development and my, my coaching. Um, which I've been work, we've been doing now in some form for about 10 years. Um, but more recently, I, 
another health popped up so it's been 51 uh, my health crashed massively a few years ago like really badly and I've been so I've been dealing with chronic illness you know I have a condition which caused me a lot of problems um, and just two months ago actually I spent two months virtually bed bed bound um, as as ill as I've ever been um, you know really badly debilitated so um, and I'm smiling about it, but it was horrible. And um, this is this is my this is my comeback, man. This is my Elvis moment, like because um, this is the first thing I've done professionally uh, in months. Yeah, you know, yeah, I haven't done it. I had to stop coaching in November and stop all the work, and uh, and I've been just contending with all of that. Um, but I want to obviously talk about what's good about it, um, and what's good about it is. I had to use everything I know deeper than ever before, right? It was like, <clears throat> okay, okay, Richie, you better do that shit that you yeah. teach everyone else to do, right? Exactly. <laughs> you better do it and it better work. And, you know, fortunately, Matt, it really fucking works. So I was able to, and then we're talking about, I've got to a place where I really didn't think, I didn't, I doubted if I was going to come out of it because I thought, you know, this could be, I could be, this could be death that I'm feeling, you know, it's, it got that bad and I went to the hospital and, we really weren't certain what was going on with me and it was just getting worse. Um, so I was, you know, it was a lot to go through. It's kind of meeting your own mortality and your own, and what that means to you, you know, my daughter and leaving her and, you know, and all the things left undone. Um, and now I'm here, man. So. Yeah. But, you, but you, as you said, you're not here to be, to be the victim and to bitch and moan about your circumstances. Hell no, man. Hell no. So, not, in, not in denial of them, you know. Yeah. In yeah. a full embrace of, you know, the truth of it, which is like it was awful, horrible. But let me tell you, man, I'm in bed. I'm able to, unable to do anything. And I feel lousy about that because I should be being a dad. Uh, but then my daughter comes in and she comes and she gives me a big hug and we have a moment and I muster all the energy I can and clarity I can just to be with her and present in that moment. And she leaves and I just bore my eyes out. And part of that emotion is how horrible this is. And I, and I feel so bad that I can't be a dad. But part of it is the appreciation for that. You know, so and I, like even then, in fact, more so then, those moments were just so, I was so massively appreciative for what I had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's true. All of it's true. Um, you know, so it's not a denial of anything it's um it's actually an embracing of all of it and that's you know kind of critical to you know fundamental to my, my my work um and being able to embrace all of it the the awful and the beautiful uh, meant that i had the strength and presence to endure it and come through it and and now be you know so far a lot better for it man because it's man has it grounded me in deep appreciation come coming on the journey out away from from all of that absolutely hopefully yeah. that journey continues yeah well i'm glad i can uh, facilitate your comeback i mean you started on the lower rungs yeah, of the podcasts and you're going to move your way up hopefully but we're both making a comeback really aren't we because it's, as i said to you before i was recording i uh, haven't done this for well i haven't had an interview or a conversation like this for a couple of years for for a podcast so we're both kind of <laughs> deciding to, yeah, to right. relaunch That's at the same cool. time. yeah yeah I, yeah I, I think you know this is perfect man perfect time absolutely and what was funny is i remember um a couple of years ago we were both i, I was going to say you but i won't throw you under the bus here we were, we were both optimistic about i think this whole woke thing has played itself out and we're going to move forward into something more positive and <laughs> did we say that uh, did was, we say that it was something along those lines and i thought wow 
we got that completely wrong, didn't we? Because immediately, <laughs> immediately it was BLM rights, and then we went into the pandemic, and then we went into oh, okay. uh, where we are now with this, you know, war, whatever you want to call it. And so it's just, it's just snowballed one thing uh, yeah, after another. No, that's I remember now. Yeah, that's coming back to me. We were we got that totally wrong. Completely yeah. wrong. I think we were just yeah, we that... were we couldn't believe how far the woke stuff had gone. With, I mean, it was crazy, wasn't it? But we we figured it can't get it can't get worse and then yeah you know riots pretty much worse. broke out <laughs> which was it got a lot worse a lot worse and I, yeah, funny enough just before this i was i just saw and i thought this is the perfect thing for me to watch before i speak to matt <laughs> it was a candace owens clip where she's talking about you know debunking the whole the the, the, the premise of of black lives matter and you know it's such a difficult conversation to have matt because the moment you start talking about something people start to 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 categorize what you're saying into the thing they think it is um and it's like you're not just saying this one thing you're saying this thing that means this overarching philosophy you know of, mm. of you know so if you it's like up to basically the binary is either you're saying yeah man black lives matter or you're a racist yeah. and there's no in between you can't <laughs> yeah. you can't have a dialogue you can't talk about it you can't discuss the issues or get close to understanding it because that makes you a racist. And that, that, that's and exactly not, that's not even an exaggeration. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know, the people are policing themselves in that sense, you know, and propagandizing each other because that's the reactions you get. But it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, what, what is this? What's the issue? Is it true? Uh, and all these things are important but because people have been so manipulated to be... Um, and they've been manipulated through their emotions. So it's all compassion impulses because they've been so manipulated that, look, we want to be compassionate to minorities, don't we? We want to be caring people. We don't want to be Nazis. These are the only options, you know. Yeah. Um, in that case, we have to, you know, we have to kneel for playing football. We have to do all this stuff and we have to unquestionably support it. Um, and, well, you know, I start to have a look and I say, oh, okay, because I want to see what is, because the, the premise is black people being unfairly, um, uh, treated by police as in, as in compared to other ethnicities hmm. and that doesn't seem to hold too much truth in fact no. it seems to be that it's disproportionate actually even towards white people when you do the math there's more white people that shot un unarmed white men because it's all men right more unarmed white men are shot per year than black people and it's it can be it can be about half as many black people to white people um, so it's like wow, and and it's not that many either. It's no, about nine like forty white people to twenty. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Whereas, and, and so just I to, start, not, just to, sorry, just to add to that, it's just, just unarmed doesn't mean they're not a threat either. This is what people also don't understand. It's like they well, they're going for the cops' gun, or they're I don't know, they're yeah. doing something where it's they are a threat. Yeah, I mean, obviously not all the time. Not all the time. Terrible instances. No, yeah. Um, but those instances happen towards white and black, and it, and there were some studies that actually show police were. Are less likely to use lethal force towards black people because of the um what the consequences that come um you know disproportionately so it's so when i got that st st statistic i'm like what like only i think one year i was looking at it was like 30 um unarmed white people maybe 12 unarmed black uh people and i'm like okay so i'm gonna do a little test of my own and i started asking some friends I knew, I said, how many, how many unarmed black people do you think are shot in America by police each year? And they're like thousands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every, everybody said something stupid like that. Mm. But of course, that's the impression we're given, right? Um, 
And I'm like, well, no, it was, it was, it's actually like about 20, maybe averagely, um, if that. And it's like, and then there's more white people too. And it, people's minds are blown because they've been given this narrative, but no specific detail, no specific data. Um, it's just a, a general, and, that, and that's, you know, in my work, Matt, you know, what, what we need to do a lot of the time is we need to get really close and specific with what's going on because people generalize when they're being emotional. It's like, I call it emotional conflation. You get emotional about something, you're triggering it, it just attaches to everything. Right. And you get what I also call spaghetti brain because you just, all your thoughts are everywhere. And, and that's when the cognitive kind of, dissonance will come in too, isn't it? Where they, they see something and try and fit it into their world worldview or their emotional reaction, they'll try and fit it into that. Yeah, with, without, without our, uh, you know, our compass set, and being able to make sense of one thing and this thing and that thing and this and put things in place as well. You know, what's, what, what is this and what is, what it, what is it not? People are disoriented and confused and then com completely led emotionally. Mm. And then everything becomes very hazy in general and getting, you know, an individual that's in that kind of mode of being to get specific about a problem is actually a challenge. Because the closer you get to a problem, the closer you get to the, the truth of it for you and the closer you get to the emotion surrounding it. So it's quite a scary thing. And a lot of people don't want to go there. But getting closer to the specifics of the problem means you're getting closer to the specifics of the solution. So right. you, need, you need to go there. Um, but we don't have that with these narratives, of course. We've just got kind of this emotional power play. Um, and, and hence, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, it is. But then you come along with some actual facts and it's like well and on top of that that you've got to immediately pull back when you you see a name or something because it's again direct propaganda on how you're supposed to feel we're going to call our group black lives matter how can you argue with it immediately yeah, yeah, man, exactly right. and then you hear the founders going yeah we are trained marxists and you go whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah, you're a marxist this, group. Well, and, and then you can't say well you can but if you just say on social media said black lives matter is not a good group you would immediately be attacked because you're saying black people don't matter. No, 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 hang on. You have to define what Black Lives Matter is. What is this group? And what are they trying to achieve here? And people don't want to, it's all, like you said, it's all an emotional reaction. And the name plays directly into that, which I found really fascinating because I had people messaging me, asking me if I cared about black people. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? What are no. you talking about? This is and a group. You have to, you have to, you, group. You're in that position, you know, yeah. you're suddenly in that position. So the solution, Matt, you know, because I have, I have shared things on social media, but the solution is we, the solution is becoming very specific. Right. Um, and it's, it takes energy and effort, man, but we've got to do it is be, being very specific with what you're saying, what you're not saying and what it is you're seeing as something that's good potentially and something that's potentially bad. And when you do that and take that energy to do that and write that thing and say that thing in that way, um, Generally speaking, you get, a, in fact, almost always you get a good response, apart from some utter fringe lunatics, which who will not read the words no matter what you write, yeah. you know, um, will just see the overarching theme and react against what they think you represent within that narrative. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, but it's, I can, I can say that I've been doing this for many years because I was, I was, <laughs> I was involved with um, the vegan community because I, I was, you know, I, I was working with these uh, large lifestyle events, you know, vegan events, and I was doing, you know, some uh, some work there. And um, I, when I had to have conversations with vegans, it was kind of a similar thing. I had to get very, very specific, and, and it took a lot of it's like 
sometimes you have to go right to the fundamentals of how you're using language so you can invite them into the platform of communication you know and it's like this is this is what i'm saying and this is what what i'm saying means yeah. <laughs> you know um it's not what you think it might mean um it's it's i'm being very specific in what i'm saying here and it's this and, and you got to be uh, very and, careful with that because you say specific and you're talking about specific as in specific words if you use one wrong word i found this with uh, this whole virus that shall not be named thing if you use one wrong, wrong word <laughs> they're immediately tuned out and <laughs> and it's just one wrong word yeah. as in you might say something like well phrase as in i did my own research immediately people go i you know i roll you did your own research did you you know and so it's very very specific and that's where you've got to get your energy sorted because if you're not i mean if you're not physically prepared to, to get into this you're not going to last well, well you know but perhaps you know because it's like well okay where can i go more specific to this like okay i did my own research okay well that is still actually quite general what what was the research where was yeah, it true. Uh, and do we need to use those words or can it be well i've looked at this area here or this data or this um or this author or this you know this source and you can share what was said within it. And I was surprised, you know, for example, this, the information I'm talking about when it comes to the statistics of unarmed black people to unarmed white people, it, it, it shot ETC. Um, I conveyed, you know, I've looked at this and I've been really surprised. Yeah, I think I shared a video actually, which, which shared it. And what I said was, um, I was really shocked to discover the numbers when it comes to unarmed black people being shot by police versus unarmed white people um you know which is true hmm. you know but what i'm doing is look check this out i'm surprised i'm as surprised as you yeah. <laughs> you know um you know have a look because i've looked at this and it's 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 not the impression we've been given you know whereas i'm the sort of person that may go in and uh make a joke immediately which might not be the best thing to do but that's my <laughs> that's my brain yeah. it's immediately like oh there's some hilarity here and i'm gonna say it um and i, I think that can rile a few people up which is Again, because you're not giving that frame, you're not giving the frame of reference. You're not going into the into the details, into the specifics, into the specifics of it. And I've I've, ru I've ruined you with that word, haven't I, man? You you, have you're not you're not getting on well with that. No, but if you're not going into the specifics or the detail, I'll say detail. Then um, you know, there's going to be people that get the joke and find it hilarious as well. But you're riling up the other side, if so to speak, the other side. It's all it's all grey, isn't it? But you know what I mean. You know, if you haven't defined what you're actually talking about, and you're just going to make a joke. Well, if I like, if I went into a vegan group, for example, and made a, a joke that, <laughs> about vegans, they'd, love, it. they'd love that. Oh, they'd I hope love so. that, man. I hope they're, so. They're a really good, good human bunch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they're deficient. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they well, I've just done it. I, I think. See, it. I think again, when it comes to the diet thing, there's, there's again the extremes on both sides. Again, there's a re there's the, the the vegan thing became this this propaganda as well, where we're pushing no meat. And it was like, it can't be healthy. And then you've got this reaction immediately to full carnival, which is, yeah, a, yeah. It's just yeah. this really fascinating thing. It's just a, um, a, an example of what's happening in the world now. You, a game with, with the virus that shall not be named. Then you got the war. Then you got climate change. You, you got all these things that just go, you don't believe in climate change. You're a neo Nazi. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like you're, you're not compassionate, which is actually something I wanted to bring up with you because we're seeing that in, in New Zealand over this, the, the virus stuff is weaponized compassion and I, I was listening to um jonathan pagio i think is how you pronounce his last name talking about weaponized compassion whereas if, if you don't get this uh a medical treatment you don't care about people if you don't wear a mask you don't care yeah. about people there's no yeah. detail about this at all 
It's just get it. Otherwise you're part of the problem. And now you're the group that we are against. And so what I'm saying, so in New Zealand, I'm not sure if this happens in the UK, but in New Zealand, you know, with, with Prime Minister Ardern, she has weaponized compassion. And I heard, I think it was Peterson talking about it, saying what we're seeing is almost the soft totalitarianism and almost a female version of totalitarianism, which we haven't seen in the, in the modern times. And I'm sitting there watching Ardern going, well, yeah, what else am I supposed to say to what she's up there doing with her smiling face and looking down at us saying, you know, we have to do this for the good of every, the team of 5 million must come together. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this sounds like dangerous collectivism to me. And you're yeah. we, again, weaponizing compassion. So now when I walk outside, I'm the villain just going into a petrol station without wearing a mask. There's no thoughts of, is he wearing a mask, not wearing a mask because he's got medical reasons for not wearing a mask or what, what is it? No, it, people just, they, they follow you with their eyes looking at you. Why aren't you complying? Why aren't you part of the team? And it's been really, really fascinating. I'm not sure if you've seen that happen in the UK, but it's weaponized compassion and it's, it's really disturbing. Yeah, yeah, we've certainly got, got some of that, you know, without a doubt. Um, I don't think it's so tyrannical as I've seen uh, in other countries around the world. I mean, right now, restrictions have ended. Uh, yeah, well, right. Fantastic so for you guys. Eh? There's hard, yeah, I mean, hardly anyone wears a mask and obviously you certainly judge them when you see them still wearing one right it's the other it's the other way around but there's so much in what you said there and there's for one the binary the polarization thing mm. see we we see things we haven't we see things in binary um especially when we're in fear states because we want to know what is safe and unsafe and this is primal okay so our primal mind will seek to understand that which is safe and that which is a threat so that's when we get this polarization and it's there woven into our consciousness. So, so this is why divide and conquer works so well. Works so well. Mm. And this is why, yes, exactly. Because you want to discern what is uh, unsafe, wrong, and what is safe, right. And right. then you want to put yourself on that side and, and over there and then the tribalism. Okay. So it's, it's, it's really normal. And, you know, polarity consciousness is there in all of us individually and it's there as a culture and then we'll experience it to varying degrees dependent on many things but you know in no insignificant part by how how under threat we generally feel either individually or collectively okay so if you've got a culture who feels under threat they would be more easily separated into binary tribes it's far far easier okay because we're we're primed now if we feel under threat we're primed to be looking for that which is right and that which is wrong that which is good that which is bad that which is safe that which is a threat okay um and so that's happening and and then what happens is you've got two people who are gravitating to different sides with their what's right and what's wrong what's good what's bad what's safe what's a threat and then they're engaging in with each other and as they engage they become more extreme because if someone challenges your position, you tend to go more absolutist and more extreme into that position in a state of survival consciousness. Now, if, if you're coming out of survival consciousness into something more integrated where you can, where you can appreciate nuance and context and you can feel safe with the unknown and the uncertain rather than feeling terrifying because you have to find something certain and absolutist, you know, you can open a dialogue and seek to see the other person's perspective and, and from their vantage point and perhaps understand something 
uh, about where they're coming from and learn something. So that's what you can do. But if you're in a survival state, you, you're less likely to do that. And you're more likely to just tribalize and, and deeper polarize your position. And then the thing you express and the thing you say is more extreme and challenges that person's perspective even more so then they do the same. And uh, that is what we're seeing in our culture an awful lot. So, so there's so there's that and that's a massive <laughs> that's huge in itself and what can we do individually is we can be aware of that we need to become aware you know one of the um one of the the, the tenets of my four dt four dimensional transformation is uh, concerned with the mind and understanding the nature of thought itself and becoming more familiar with your own personal thinking and the meaning we create so it's just becoming thought aware and story aware and noticing, huh, you know, I, I seem to be flinging everything into this kind of category here, and this all seems to be right, and that all seems to be wrong. So it's being able to notice when we're doing that, and we're all doing it, we're all doing it, we're all categorizing things into the rights and the wrongs so we can understand them and, and create safety in relationship to them. Um, we need to notice that and then be able to enter into more of a curious state where we're actually going to get explorative and, and seek to learn and find out actually and challenge ourselves, you know, challenge our belief structures and um, and and try on other people's. You know, this is this is the path to peace, you know, personally and, 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 and you know, macroscopically, it's the path to peace. And so we have to take up peaceful arms in the, you know personally in order to do that and start that with ourselves with those close to us and then expand that and of course we've all got influence now that's way beyond us because of social media yeah so if we can be ambassadors for those kind of interactions um, at the same time there's some things we need to as best as we can discern now say well that's wrong and i need to kind of challenge that and i need to say that i think it's wrong and that's okay um, but we also need to challenge that idea and if it's you know if we've got to be braver when it comes to challenging our ideas and again no matt this is a survival thing because it's like if this idea is not true then maybe i'm not on the right side and maybe i'm unsafe so right. you know um, and that can go for whether you're a vegan versus a meat eater yeah. or for masks against masks everything that has a potential polarity of 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 um, opinion yeah, yeah. so uh, so I mean, one of the solutions there is facilitating facilitating conversation, isn't it? So, with mm. somebody who you you might have an immediate reaction to what they're saying, as in uh, in your head thinking, okay, they're they're on this this particular side, and I am not. <laughs> but, but put it politely. So, how do you bring them maybe into a, in a into a state of seeing your perspective? You have to see their perspective. Ask them questions. Yes. Understand the point of view that they're making better than them. If you can get there, try and understand it better than they can, and from that point, That's you it. can you can ho hopefully pull them back to more of a center, and then say, "Here's my perspective," because they're never going to listen to you if they're in this extreme. Either way, they just they just won't listen. And no, you see that it, again. We mentioned it, but we've we've seen it with with things like climate change and all that sort of stuff. There's extremes on everything, and and people are just unwilling. And and Twitter's the worst. Like I got off of Twitter years ago. It's just yelling at people. <laughs> and attacking people there is no conversation on there and so if you're not if you i think years ago i called it the art of conversation if people have lost it lost the ability just to be able to talk to people that they don't agree with it's really mm. wild to see we're getting more reactive yeah you know? so absolutely there's, there's, a, there's a step by step if we get close to like our own personal experience of something like that okay 
someone said something and it's definitely a massive challenge to what I believe. Um, it's having the ability and cultivating the ability in those moments to shut the hell up for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> don't react. And by don't react, I don't mean it's, it's an interesting thing. And you know, perhaps I can't unpack this fully in this time together, but there's a, um, there's a way of reacting with that, which is actually suppressive. You know, people, it's a very nuanced idea, but there's a way of reacting. If you react to your trigger, your emotional trigger, for example, the way you react will be the way you've always reacted to an emotional trigger. You'll feel the same, you'll say roughly the same things. And so you're in a pattern of behavior. So that in, its, in a sense is suppressive because it's holding back the emergence of something you knew that you can be and become. And so in those moments, if we can actually stop and feel, and this is again, within four dimension transformation approach, um, the dimension of feeling, if we can stop and feel that can, that can be transmutative. And then we can come to a place where we can respond better. And of course, everybody understands this. We just need to bring this and it, we will do it to a degree as well. It's just, there's a lot of places we won't be doing it. And if we can do it more, it's massively beneficial. So if we can first, because that's this is always the starting place, Matt. It's like there's a chain reaction. Well, okay, where's that start? It's how you, you emotionally uh, react to something. That's the starting place. Now, if you can steal yourself in that moment, feel for a bit. So you don't do and say the same stupid thing you've always done and said, uh, which will cause this polarization of, of the issue with, with someone. If you can just steal yourself and feel, okay, it's like, okay. I can feel, I can feel this. That's fine. You know, we're not in a survival situation. That's, that's the thing to recognize. It's like, there's no tiger here. It's just someone expressing a different opinion to mine. Now that there might have some meaning here that I do have to oppose or challenge, but I, you know, it's not this, this urgency isn't there. When you step out into a street and a car's coming, there's an urgency to spring back, right? But at other times that aren't survival, if there's an urgency to your intervention, that doesn't require that urgency, that is a clue really. And that's, that's kind of why I would why I'd suggest to set up a consciousness cue where you can kind of wake up in that moment and go, huh, I don't know, need to react so feverishly as if there's a tiger in the room right now. I can take my time. I can feel this emotion rather than just let it, let it re react through me. Um, really good idea. Not only does it change things out here, but it changes things in here. It's, it's transmutative. It's, a, it's the beginning place of meaningful transformation. Okay, so we do that. And then what we can do is exactly what you, you suggested, which is ask questions and get, don't assume, because this thing, survival consciousness assumes fucking everything. You know, it's just like that thing someone said is an attack on you and it means all of this. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, this is relationships where people get into what I call trigger tennis, you know, just bark at each other and each, neither of them have asking this real, neither of them are seeking to understand the other. And, but they think they do. And that's, that's the thing you think you do because you're, you're, the power of thought is, is creative and interpretive. It's not an accurate representation. You're taking the things they've said and your mind's going, I know exactly what all of those things mean. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got a story. We've got our own internal narrative, and then we're living that out. Yeah. Meanwhile, these two people haven't communicated perhaps some fundamental understandings of what these things mean to each of them. So being able to come to that space where you can actually hold what you're feeling and not be so reactive and then get curious about, you know, what is it you mean by that? And you can even say, you know, to me, that means this. Is that what that means to you? 
or you know and then you can ask questions like well what what do you think about this and and if you seek to understand that person and then you actually listen to the answers you know you, you, know, you said how can you get someone to listen you you, you hear them you hear them like really if someone feels heard they're more likely to listen and this is again a massive parenting hack if you want your children to listen have them feel heard like yeah, which is just the, do the, it. the thing where i heard someone say uh, if you want to be interesting be interested but it's, it's that essentially this is it man and it's, 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 it's living it out you have to live out the solution and um it's sophisticated but it's simple like if you want your child to listen then really help them feel heard but as we've, we're all just kids with bigger clothes now we <laughs> same works you know it yeah. works if anyone's in it if it is a conflict situation an, an emotionally charged situation if you can be the, the, the someone to come into that and facilitate people feeling heard suddenly everything relaxes because that person is no longer fine to be heard you've heard them you know like keep asking questions give that space as well mm -hmm. then they're more likely to listen and if you're hearing them and they're hearing you then that is a there's a huge likeliness to there actually being some form of peaceful resolution to that interaction right yeah absolutely i i found that when you were talking about being reactive is for your for yourself if you just come at it as a place of okay i have i have information on this particular topic that we're going into that maybe they don't have because look at yourself from two or three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. How much of an idiot were you? Because I was an idiot. <laughs> I'm still an idiot. But man, man, we're, we're idiots. We thought wokeness was going to fizzle out. Exactly. You know, who are we? Right, exactly. Everyone should stop listening to us immediately. <laughs> We've got no idea what's coming. Com com completely true. We'll end the recording right now, Richie. Um, but if you come out at a place from, the more you learn, the more, the more you realize how ignorant you actually are. But if you yeah. come at a place from just look at yourself 10 years ago, you possibly were going to would agree with this person that you're talking to. Maybe they just don't have the information you have, or maybe you don't have the information that they have. And if you come at it from that yeah, exactly. immediate perspective, then you'll lower that reactive state because it is even on, like, you know, you see things online and I just, you feel it inside you. It's almost this immediate, like, I need to comment on that. But it's just, just stop. Yeah. Just yeah. stop. And the, there's, there's an urgency to it. And again, that's what I say is the clue. And you can, you can, if you can seek to become more awake within those moments. So it's like you make a, you make a, a, a commitment to that. It's like, if I, okay, if I feel that I need to urgently react when I'm in a room on my own at my computer or on my laptop or on my phone, then, you know, make a commitment to in those moments, just don't do it. Don't react, but do something. That's the thing. Don't just do this. Just don't, don't do the same low quality, nothing, you know, do something, actually engage with what you're feeling, engage what's going on for you and actually maybe come to a place where you can actually respond. Well, you know, far better than just, again, to keep the same suppressive pattern of reactivity or non-reactivity, you're still reacting within yourself. And that's that reaction is okay to not say anything because you're so the steam coming out of your ears and so you just can't handle it you know or maybe you've done it before you could catch yourself or maybe or like really common you've typed it all out then seen it's just not a fucking good idea and deleted it <laughs> um, <Yeah>. um <laughs> yeah. but there's 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 um 
you know, the deeper place is to really engage with what you're feeling. Come to a place of clarity with yourself, with yourself. You know, being and with that to the point where you go, okay, what is it about this that's pissing me off? What is it that I see that's wrong about this? Oh, it's this. Okay, so what's my argument? What's my reason? Can I formulate that and articulate that properly? Um, let's do that. Let's do that instead. You know, the problem I see with this is this. What do you think? You know, these are the kind of ways that I communicate on social media. It's like the, the problem I have with this, it's this, it's this, it's this. What do you think of that? And that's okay. You know, and if someone can't, if someone can't meet you in that kind of place of communication, then maybe you want to disengage and it won't, won't be worth your time. But hopefully that's an invitation to someone saying, oh, they've asked me what I thought. I'm, I'm going to respond. And hopefully they've responded to the thing you've actually said <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in your message. You know, and, and if they're coming and at a can... place from uh, not in good faith, uh, what I found is if it's a public comment, um, just in your head, you're not talking to them anymore. You're talking to the person who may be reading this, who's coming at it from a middle ground looking at it going, okay, this person over here is not throwing a tantrum and being angry and abusing people. Maybe they've got something to say. So you're kind of talking to the middle ground rather than this person. And then you just leave, you walk away. You're not getting to somebody who's in that state. You're not getting to somebody who's just in a, I'm going to fight you on this. And it's immediately the personal attacks come in. That's not someone you can have a conversation with in good faith in that state. No, no. no. But I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's really been a welcome surprise for me over the many many years i've been um seeking to engage in a way that creates some kind of common ground um how often that happens um and how unlikely it looks you know and i, I mean i think i've spoken on, on previous podcasts actually when i've got because when you know some years ago as well what i was doing was quite popular i had a big social media following uh, before i took a break and, um, you know, so I get periodically some animosity thrown my way, you know, mm. something I've said and done um, or something people thought I was saying, you know. And, you know, so hate mail to, to summarise it. I'd get that. The first time I got it, I was so caught off guard, man, because I'm here putting my soul into doing good. And, and everyone's being nice about it. Right. Yeah. So far, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing good. And it's like and it's working. And I'm getting all these amazing messages like it was just it was really fun to be me. Because, you know, when you've got like um, uh, a 14-year-old boy who said he was suicidal and what he's seen from this group I had on social media has, has really changed things for him. And, you know, now he's like, the other day he's helping a pregnant woman across the street. He's feeling great about himself and this kind of stuff. Um, another, and another guy that's saying he, um, you know, separated from his, his partner and he sits and reads my posts with his younger son at night you know and stuff and it's like wow this is beautiful and then like you fucking asshole, <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you fucking you know and this rage comes at you and i'm um, like holy shit like i was off you know i was not prepared for because i thought i was just a good guy to everyone it seems so far and then this person basically what happened was something i said poked at a, a source spot um and then i got this animosity so um I was caught off guard and I did a bit of what I'm encouraging, but I didn't do it enough. Or maybe I just hadn't had the experience yet to really learn from it. Maybe, you know, one of those. Um, but what I did is I responded back and I just, so I didn't go, I didn't just block the person and not respond to them. Neither did I respond with animosity. What I did is I said, it seems like this isn't the group for you if what I'm saying is upsetting to you. Um, so I've, I've removed you from the group now, so you don't need to get any more of these messages. Now, at the time, I thought that was okay. 
But now I realize it was very protective. I was really protecting myself from this hostility. Um, and so I did that and then I got loads more hostility back. And I was like, man, you know, at the time I remember my rational mind gave me my lovely self-justifying story, which was, look, what's their problem? You've just taken them out of the group. You're doing a perfectly reasonable thing. You can't win here, Richie, you know. Yeah. But it, it stayed with me because it's my conscience. And this is the other thing I invite people to do. Don't avoid your conscience. You're feeling bad, you know. So much we're talking about, um, you know, negative thinking, right? And it's like, and people put their own conscience in that category. It's like, what a mistake that is, you know. Your, your conscience is, but yeah, it's not going to feel great when you've done something that you should perhaps do different based on your own values, right. you know? Yeah. And that's partly what your conscience is. And my conscience was either way at me. I wasn't happy about it. Um, so next, and I, what, I, what I resolved to do was connect with that person. Don't be protective at all. Open up more. Um, so, and it happened again, right? The next time I got some hostility, I was like, okay, Let's do this instead. Um, and I wrote these words. It, 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 it wasn't my intention to upset, to upset you with what I've written. What is it exactly that has? And that, that's simply that. And I got this avalanche back of remorse and apologies and acknowledgement of what they're going through, which was a lot stuff it's not you it's me it's this this and then we connected and then I was able to serve and it was beautiful and um, from that moment on I think uh, apart from one instance I remember when someone just disengaged um, every interaction I had like that whether it's directly into my inbox or on social media somewhere else um, was uplifting and heartwarming it, it, where it went um, just me being able to I don't need to protect myself here I'm fine I'm here I'm on my, my keyboard so I'm just going to come from a compassionate, deeply compassionate and loving space and go, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to take what's not mine. I'm not going to um, indulge the hostility, but I'm going to communicate from a place of power and strength. And it's like, well, what's that? It's like, well, it really wasn't my intention to upset you. What is it that has? So I'd like, I'd like to know, actually. I'd actually like to know what's bothered you because again maybe you're seeing something i haven't maybe i have yeah. done something I, I i shouldn't have done or said um and you know it's connection matt you know it's the difference between shutting down in a protect project dynamic and coming to a place where you can connect and you know you don't necessarily do this with a guy at the bar with a bottle in his hand who's you know <laughs> looking you know, you don't necessarily do it in all contexts. Sometimes you do need to protect yourself. What's it done that I've upset you? Bang with a bottle. Yeah, bang. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't my intention, but I mean, but it, 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 but that said, there's certain things that can be helpful in those situations. But almost all of the time, you're not unsafe in this interaction. Mm -hmm. So if you can, if you can come to that place, and then, and then, and then look to connect with the human being that's clearly in pain for some reason and, and throwing that your way you just happen to be the person today uh, unless you have actually fucked up and that's important to acknowledge and own that right but most you know what are these kind of situations i'm talking about we're just talking about virtual strangers online yeah so it can't be personal really because you don't know each other so let's get curious about understanding each other you know and then we'll, then we'll find out if you know if if there's anything to be pissed off about, well, if there's, there's anything a, to be personal about. There's yeah. a solution there where you, I've 
you know, you have your notes, have, have a note app or something <laughs> whenever you're using social media. It's just always there. You see something that pisses you off, instead of responding, go to your notes, type it in your notes, and then have a look at it. And then maybe leave it for an hour and come back and go, glad I didn't post that. But what yeah, I found is yeah. the, the problem with technology advancing so fast is that our communication is, is going quicker and quicker and quicker. Even split seconds make a huge difference yeah. and it's getting faster and faster and your ability to react is faster and faster. And it, almost like it'd be great to have an app. You know, that remember that paperclip that used to come up in Windows or yeah, whatever? Yeah. It come, are you sure yeah, you want to, <laughs> you sure you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, so, we are, that's, we, so we have to be that for ourselves. Yeah. We have to be that. We have to personally, you know, that's one of the metaphors I use is like being someone that can, like if you're, it's like in my work, Matt, I've, what I've found is almost always you get to know what's behind the hostility. It's all this pain and there's reasons for it you can empathize for and so it's like if someone could tap you on the shoulder and go the reason this they're like this is this and if you knew that you'd be able to operate with this not so uh under attack and taking it personally but <clears throat> with empathy so we have to you know we have to cultivate our presence to be able to be that person for ourselves that's kind of the function of that that app you know so mm. it's like yeah if you, are you sure you want to do this and it's a good idea to sit with things or <clears throat> or sleep on things and then come back to it but the thing is where people stay stuck is they don't come back to it. They avoid it. And I, I really encourage that we get out of patterns of avoidance. It's not, it's, there's no growth there. You're just going to keep re-experiencing the same thing in the same way and, and occasionally fuck it up by not even avoiding it, reacting badly. Um, because you're not creating any growth for you to respond any better in the moment. Hmm. So, you know, I really encourage, take the time, but actively engage with it. Then return in the best way you know how. Uh, and then based on how that goes, get better at that. Yeah. And yeah. it's well worthwhile, man. It's well worthwhile to be able to, you know, to, to finish the kind of story I was telling you earlier when I was working with these vegan organizers, these were the biggest vegan events in Europe, by the way, I was working with. And I, I discontinued my, my, my organization, Lifeform, was partnering with them at the time. And I discontinued that because I didn't like the way, they, you know, there were some problems I had with their output. Um, anyway, I, I held this kind of communication. I was very specific for a long period of time, many months. I'd engage occasionally. You know, I'd start with like, man, I'm going in. This is going to take a while. Yeah. You know, it took a lot of effort. Um, but anyway, the management behind those companies then changed their, their ethic um, and then came from a much, much higher service place, I would say. <clears throat> and when I was congratulating them on, on what they were posting, saying, you know, this is great, they then messaged me and said, actually, it's your messages and your responses that have been absolutely key in this turnaround. And it's like, wow, man. I mean, we're talking about thousands, tens of thousands of people go to these events, you know, all over the country. Um, and me taking the time to communicate well has, has created that influence and, and made that impact. Mm. Um, where we could have just disconnected really badly and stayed, stayed like that because, I, you know, we weren't partnered anymore. It could have just ended badly. Um, so, you know, it's, it's well worthwhile, you know, in the places that we care about, you know, not everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, who's, you haven't got that, but in places you care about, that you actually care about, you know, enough to actually spend the time and invest the energy in trying to influence things in a positive way, while also not being so arrogant as thinking, you know, it all, you know, and maybe learning something to perhaps change your perspective. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you see people putting their own anger and trauma into, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, this is an extremely obvious thing to say, but into 
world events. So it's their own, their own anger and bitterness and whatever's going on in their lives. And it's almost a distraction of climate change is good, like as in being on the pro, we've got to fix this problem. And that's right. a complete distraction about what they actually need to fix in their lives. It's the whole Jordan Peterson thing, isn't it? Of, you know, uh, make your bed, tidy your room before you criticize the world. <laughs> yeah. It's that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you, you know, to understand collectives, understand yourself. Hmm. You know, it's like, well, what do you do when you know you should be doing something that you should be doing? What do you often do? Do you enter into coping mechanisms, distractions and avoidance? Yes. Can you stay there for 10 years? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, does, that, does that energy go into pointing the finger at everyone in the world apart from yourself? Yes. And, and so, yes, we, of course we see that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, it's degrees of, there's degrees, because there's something true within the mentality of someone. You know, it's like, look at the, the truckers in Canada, right? Jordan Peterson, I'm sure, wasn't saying that they should stay home and tidy their room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think he was probably quite pro that that trucker uh, protest. And, and, you know, I, th I think it was a good thing as well. Well, you could argue <clears> that the government is stopping them from being able to tidy their own rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. surely, that's, surely the government isn't. How bad has it got in Canada? In a, in a metaphor sense, <laughs> metaphoric sense. Yeah, because but yeah, not, in a metaphorical you, sense, yeah. If you're not, if you, if you're, if you're restricted for being able to change your own life in a positive direction because the government is telling you do this or else then your ability to make your own bed metaphorically speaking is being taken away from you so you have to stand up to that because your freedoms are being directly assaulted mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. so so yeah there's so context and it's yeah. like and discernment um, absolutely. And, it, and everyone's context different of course and everyone's vantage point is different everyone's circumstances are different and so it's a very complicated thing when we're saying what someone should be doing, whether someone should be tidying their room or whether someone should be getting in their truck and going to a protest. It's a very complicated matter. But certainly what at the heart of what Jordan Peterson is saying there um, is, you know, there's some deep truth to that. You know, the way I put it is, you know, in the um, self-development world, and there's, as we've said before, Matt, there's an awful lot I see that's doing a lot of harm um, because it's just, it's, it's just not sophisticated enough and there's not enough understanding about human psychology, evolutionary psychology, the nature of transformation, how that happens. Um, so there's lots that's, that's very harmful. One of the, and it, again, it's, it's the compassion impulse that's the problem there actually, untempered by courage and, and so it can become wisdom. Um, and that's been spoken to a lot that, you know, by people that are in various degrees of uh, self-protection rather than personal freedom um, that have written the books. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's the guidance that's out there. And um, so I'm losing my thread, Matt. Losing my thread. That's what happens. When, see, I'm so unpracticed un to digress. <laughs> digress. Um, ah, okay. So one of the things we hear a lot about is, is boundaries. And um, we hear about boundaries and we hear about these toxic people. And it's very much as much as we need boundaries the focus is too much on it in the external sense in relationship it's like everybody's out to get you and unless you set these boundaries they're going to um and you know it's like it puts us in this very vulnerable dynamic with the outside world because as soon as you set a boundary Matt, and say you can't encroach upon it and they do well then then what's going on for you you know mm. 
your well-being has been obviously compromised by that. So you, you know, you're kind of giving people a uh, a roadmap to piss you off, you know, <laughs> in a sense. And you're creating this, you're creating this um, small print for yourself, which is if they do, then this. So there has to be a companion to that, and the companion to that has to be the prime orientation, and that must be the extending of our internal boundaries of personal freedom it must be our relationship to life so when we're in a situation that's troubling us now again within reason because if we're in an abusive dynamic we might need to do something externally uh, to remove ourselves from that situation so in a sense create a boundary uh, we might need to do that but in almost all other circumstances what we need to do is grow in our relationship to it you know, so our orientation needs to be, okay, I'm experiencing my relationship to this. You know, how much stuff can I just not be bothered by anymore? How much stuff can I just grow beyond? Right. It's a lot of stuff, Matt. It's a lot of stuff. There's actually, it's actually very rare you need to actually be pissed off about something. You know, if you actually start on this journey, you find out it's almost nothing. But the things you need to be pissed off about are very important. They're very few. And they're very important. And so there's this idea that I like to share, which is the free, free people have have almost no need for boundaries. The less free you are, the more boundaries you need. Okay. So when people's orientation is external, it's right, other people, other people must, in order for me, me to feel comfortable, everybody has to do things a certain way and in relationship to me. And it's boundary, boundary, boundary. Before you know it, you're in this box. And it's like, what do I do now? And that's a lot of self-help guidance out there. You know, the prime orientation must be, what is my relationship to this? Do I need to change that? And how do I do that? And then getting active with transforming your relationship to this. That's how you create freedom. And that's how suddenly, okay, I don't need to worry about almost everything I was worrying about my whole life, you know, yeah. and now I've got the focus to attend to the things that really matter. Um, and it's that, it's that. So the orientation, I think Jordan, what Jordan Peterson's pointing to is correct, which is, make sure you're getting your shit together first before you know first and foremost before you're looking to change the world and um but he does and he has this tendency and uh, you know i love i love jp i think the good he's done for the world the people he's helped he's doing amazing work i think what he's gone through and how he's what he's been able to accomplish while going through what he's gone through empathizing on what it's like to be very unwell it's astonishing to me. I think you know people don't give enough credit for that because people like to shoot him down. Oh, you know he went through this, but he's this guy. Surely, surely you do, shouldn't go through hard things. You know, it's like yeah. what's well, so hang on, hang on. Yeah. He's not Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, man, this guy went through hell yeah. and wrote a book while he did it. Yeah. Uh, you know, a best-selling book. It's like that is. I mean, to me, that you know, from my own experience, that's astonishing. You know, it adds weight to. <laughs> It makes what me look at said. my life and go, so what's your excuse? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He's yeah. a very impressive guy. Yeah. But he does have a tendency, you know, and part of it is his method to um, evoke um, responses. Hmm. Um, but he does tend to um, go a little bit absolutist sometimes and a bit hmm. extreme. And I think, I believe I'm right in saying that in, the, in his book is, um, you know, get your own house in perfect order or your room in perfect order and it's the word perfect order that's a bit much it's like well that's never you know it's like perfect order is never coming and that can't that's not right now if we if we generalize with an 80 20 yeah the 80 should be on getting our shit together before we're pointing our fingers at it but we might have to we might have to get in our truck and go on a protest 
because you know our government's become tyrannical we might have to do that too maybe my house isn't in perfect order first maybe there's some shit on the floor that i've just got you know so um, that's but the orientation we must primarily be concerned with our relationship to and and growing within that and getting our shit together in the world around us before we step outside of that yeah primarily but there are of course exceptions to that but 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 if the exception is the rule then you know yeah, yeah. definitely definitely needs to change as you said there's nuance to, to all of this um coming up on time it's been it's been about an hour richie you and i have done this <laughs> two and a half hours before uh, i just wanted to to finish with um i wrote it down where the living in fear thing so what what i found really uh, fascinating was you've explained that you've gone through hell in your life and even i remember a couple of years ago you told me that you couldn't even um you know 15 years ago you said I'll rephrase what I'm saying. Two years ago, you told me that, you know, about 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't even answer the phone. And that yes. was, that's living in a complete state of, of fear, isn't it? So yeah, the last two years of what we've gone through, and you know, I've gone through, I'm not comparing my life to yours. I've gone through trauma and all that sort of stuff through my late teens, through my twenties and same sort of thing, living in a state of fear. And then we get into the, you start building yourself up, you start aiming up, you start getting better. And suddenly it's bang lockdowns, live in fear, this thing's coming to kill you. And I'd looked at it and said, I'm not doing that. You're telling me that all this work that I've, all this whole thing that I've gone on, and now I have to revert back to stay in your home and be afraid all the time, 24-7. How have you, have you, was that your response when you first saw, I know you were going through all this um, health stuff when, you know, over the last couple of years as well. And so I don't know how yeah. much of the attention you were paying, you know, of all of this, but what I found was it was immediately live in fear. And I've, I just thought, I'm, I've, I'm done with that. I did that earlier in my life and I'm not doing that. And that's pissed people off. <laughs> Has it? Yeah. Is, is it? Is it caused some problems in your relationship? It's called problems in, in relationships because of the whole weaponized compassion thing. And it's like, yeah. just, I'm not doing this. I'm just not. And I'm not going to play the game. I'm not saying that I don't care about people. You have to understand that this is the whole communication with people thing. But when you're just out and about, you don't have the ability to talk to everybody about it you know why is that guy unmuzzled <laughs> this is not okay but i'm just wondering how you found it because you like i said in the previous conversations you said you said years and years ago you couldn't even answer the phone and now suddenly the government's telling you you know get back into that state that's going to protect you yeah i you know fortunately matt um well not fortunately you know um it wasn't fortune it really but um I've really done the work with myself, you know, out of necessity, you know, when you, when you genuinely come through something, not something just passing, that's different because you can go, you can, you can experience something and it can pass and it can, and you cannot grow. You know, you can have the potential for growth all experiences a potential for growth. But when you, when you go through something, as in you pull yourself through something and you have to grow for it to pass because you have to grow beyond it. Um, what you get from that, the strength that comes means that, well, you can, you can start handling things in a whole different way. And I've managed to do that through a lot of things. And, and I don't want to test fate because I don't want anything more to come my way, but it seems I can contend with pretty much anything life has to throw, um, as much as I don't want to necessarily, (laughs) um, but I can and I remain strong, I remain clear, and I remain able to act wisely 
Um, and so when all of that happened, it, it, it was fine. There was, there was no re-traumatizing. There was no, um, you know, here's the thing, Matt. You know, my, one of the cores of my, my approaches, my philosophy is of knowledge and use. So it's like I would never enter into a wrestle with fear or a denial of it, a resist and deny dynamic. Of what I do whenever I feel anything, any kind of negative emotional charge, as it were, to use you know crude word, it's to acknowledge and use, you know, and that takes courage, um, but it also takes acceptance of what is. Um, so it's a it's a great thing to do is acknowledge. You know, you acknowledge what is, um, and you engage with it, and then you use it firstly for what it's for. You know, so you know what I did. There was a lot of people in the self-development world I saw trying to engage people in a way to do emotional transformation work in the early days of the the, the, uh, the virus. Voldemort <laughs> virus. Yeah. <laughs> virus. Um, and that was, again, is a lack of um, understanding and lack of experience and lack of knowledge because that's not what should have been happening. You know, um, Emotional transformation work after the event, cool. But during it's infancy what we needed to do and this what i helped people be able to do which helped reconcile their anxiety and their fear is is acknowledge the news it's okay okay you're afraid of course you're afraid there's an unknown thing here it's a new virus and we don't know what it is it's absolutely okay to feel fear already people are feeling better because they're no longer in the wrestle with it you know it's like Mm. because when we feel fear and anxiety it's like there's something unwelcome it's like we don't want it here so we get in a resistance and our dynamic with it but if you understand, of course, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, that's good. You're working perfectly because you should be feeling some level of anxiety and fear right now. Ha! Huh. Now there's this meeting, acceptance, acknowledgement, embrace. It changes already, Matt. It just changes. And then it's like, okay, now, now you've got to do some things. You've got to figure out what's going on because that's what fear is pointing towards. There might be something here that's a threat to you. Figure it out. And so you do what you're designed to do. And if you do what you're designed to do, you tend to feel a lot better. Um, most people aren't doing what they're designed to do most of the time. It begins with acknowledgement and then, okay, do something. Inform yourself. Look into this. What is this? What are we being told about this? What is it we should be doing? Now, in the early days, Matt, I, I did pretty much what I was being encouraged to do in the early days when we didn't know what the hell this was. So it's like weighing things up. It's like people were saying, oh, in the early days, there's all this overreaction. Yeah, but overreaction. You know, evolutionary, evolutionarily speaking, overreaction is often the correct action when engaged with an unknown threat. Yeah. It's like you don't want to underreact. No. To and, and I think pretty much 90% of the population did overreact. I mean, overreact. I was here on that. It was like we were all listening, going, hang on, what's going on? And so we complied for probably, like you said, we overreacted and we complied too much. <laughs> Yeah, 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 sure. And then, so then what happens is you reflect and review and you repeat the process and engaging with this. And it's like, then it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Things are starting not to make too much sense. Maybe we figure that out. Uh, We decide that. And maybe we start to make compromises with what we do and what we don't do. Um, And, you know, that's what I did. That's what you did. We did it probably to different degrees. There was a lot of things to consider, Matt, for for Mm. me as well. You know, there were, you know, there were elderly relatives that, okay, even so there's not just their physical health, but their mental health. Do they feel more reassured if I'm entering the house with a mask, you know, and is that important? And should it be important? I decided, yeah, that should be important as well, actually. So I wasn't just about whether I thought we needed to wear these things. It was 
in consideration as well sometimes to the person whose company I was in. Um, and so, but, and I'm able to do that and engage with things in that way because I don't feel, you know, too under threat and I feel, you know, pretty present to what's going on and I'm able to, able to wake things up. So I don't need to polarize myself into any particular position and just do it rigidly. Um, I will take it breath by breath. You know, I will take it day by day and, 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 and weigh out the context. So that's, that's what I did. And that's the kind of work I did with my clients at the time. Um, and, you know, I mean, for some people, what they needed to do was you, was when they come into the embrace of the acknowledgement, uh, acknowledgement of the fear and anxiety, what they needed to do, because it's very helpful to do something, um, not do something in place of feeling, but do something after we felt, um, was to, okay, look at what supplements they can get, which fortify their immune system. What are we learning about? You know, what's antiviral, you know, and do those kinds of, and those things are really helpful. You know, it's like find what it is that you, you feel you can do and, and channeling that energy into doing those things was really helpful. Uh, because like I said, we're designed, if there's a potential threat, we're designed to figure it out and do something about it. So acknowledge and use, you know, and uh, that works. And, and a lot of the time that people are either getting into a denial of what they're feeling and just not engaging with it at all, or they're encouraged to skip the whole process of acknowledge and use and just do some breathing exercise or something, or, you know, um, or take on this approach to, to manage or improve your anxiety at all. And it treats it as a problem rather than just a very natural Response. emotion yeah. that we should be using for what it's for and then getting clear about, you know, what our, our options are and what it is we should be doing and then do that. You know? This is the perfect you know, spot Matt, where just, I would... just, just, just quickly, mate, sorry. Okay. Almost all of the time, people that think they've got anxiety problems just aren't using their anxiety for what it's meant for. Right. You know, and that's a profound thing to understand. Um, and, and they're trying to manage their anxiety, trying to improve it because they're labeling themselves an anxiety problem. Whereas if you go, okay, well, let's actually use it for what it's for, go through this process. Yeah, unfortunately, over time, it can become chronic. So therefore, it's a yes. real unpacking process because that's going yes. to take you years yes, to you figure. have to do it. Yeah, you take and it takes a while, but it improves fairly, fairly swiftly. Right. Um, if you're actually going through this, again, you, you're actually using this thing yeah. for uh, how, how it works. You know, if you understand how it works and you use it that way, things go well. Yeah, this is this was gonna, I was going to say this would be the perfect spot for me to interject and put a nice little ad for uh, an affiliate uh, supplement company. Uh, <laughs> I may do, Richard. You never know. Um, I was, Look, man, stop. You don't do that because in, in in a little while you're going to be doing it, and then you're going to feel bad and less authentic than than present Matt yeah, making fun exactly. of your future self. Exactly. Um, I was going to say though, just the end is that there's a real problem that these that our governments around the world have now created is that when the next crisis hits, how many people are going to overreact? How many people are going to look at it and go, "I don't believe you." And they're not going to react yeah. at all. So I think the overreaction has, has been a real problem because they've grabbed power and they're not giving it back. But the next time this something like this happens, which it will, we know it will, is it real? Is it not? And who's going to believe it? And who's going to? And we're just going to look at them and go, "You lied for two years. You lied directly to our faces." And again, mm. you give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt when it started. You just go, maybe this is just a little bit of incompetence. <laughs> and, but then it just dragged on and they took powers away. They told you to stay out. You couldn't go to the beach. You couldn't go outside. Everything you needed to do, <laughs> get outside, yeah. the exercise. Yeah. And yeah. I am really concerned that that is now going to be the, the 
end result of what's happened is that next time something that is a real problem happens, no one's going to believe the experts, quote unquote. It's boy who cried wolf stuff, man. Yeah, well, there you go. You could have said that, man. Yeah. You could have said that. I, I just let you. Long-winded way of saying it. But there's two lessons. Most people, you know, don't necessarily recognize there's two lessons in the boy who cried wolf. It's not just don't cry wolf. It's um, when the boy cries wolf, always, always respond as if they might be a wolf. Right. Right. And so that's, again, why this overreaction was actually the correct course for us in the early stages, because don't stop, don't stop responding as if there might be a wolf, because there might be a wolf this time. Um, but again, we do that um, in a, an integrated and measured way, which we can only do if we keep ourselves healthy, you know, psychologically and emotionally. And, um, you know, and there's, it, there's my ways, they're very effective. Um, but then finding whatever it is that works for you to help you stay grounded and feel calmer and able to engage with life, you know, healthily, you know, it's make sure we prioritize that, you know, make sure you prioritize that when these things come, because otherwise how things get muddy, how can you figure out what you're meant to be doing otherwise? Um, but, you know, those, that's, that's, yeah, I share your concern because um, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to respond to whatever the next thing is. And I think by the look of it, the script is shaping up. It's going to be aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here <laughs> we go. Aliens next. Yeah. And it's like, know, I don't so like, believe you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That might be a problem. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably the perfect spot to finish um, hour and a half or so. Uh, appreciate really, you being cool. the first one back on the relaunch version of the show arriving somewhere. And is that what it's called? Arriving somewhere with Matt. Arriving somewhere with Matt J. Excellent, man. Love it. That's a really cool title. I like it. Yep, comes from uh, um, actually one of my favorite songs (laughs) from a band that I really, really love. And also, uh, what's the the band? uh, Porcupine Tree. Arriving somewhere, but not here, is one of my one of the songs I I loved as a teenager. And um, it just actually just fit into what I wanted to do because it's it's facilitating conversations. Where are you going to end up? you know, in a conversation, it's, you're starting at one point, you're going to end up somewhere else. And also the whole, um, what are you doing in your life? You're aiming up, you're aiming down, where are you going? So that's, and also Richie, if I need to transition this whole channel into something else in the future, it fits perfectly with a travel channel, doesn't it? <laughs> Arriving somewhere, <laughs> where am I going next? You don't know. <laughs> Sponsored by. Yeah, exactly. Um, so where can people find you and, and uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, I've been very inactive everywhere. Um, the best, you know, find me on Facebook if you if you must. <laughs> but uh, but but there's not much happening right now because I'm just coming back from this ill health. I'm really delighted how I've been able to do this length of time actually, Max. I didn't know how this would go. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, RichieWatson.uk is my website. You can there's a live chat there if you want to get in touch. Um, facebook.com forward slash Richie Watson dot Richie Watson UK Richie Watson UK is the handle Insta Richie Watson UK so um I'm even I'm actually starting to cause trouble on Twitter now you got off I'm starting to cause trouble on Twitter <laughs> at the moment it's been something I've moved to yeah, um, great yeah to, to get you're not dragging me back on there yeah, I might have to man yeah. I might have to it's, uh, <laughs> it's um, just getting involved in the conversation a little bit politically and philosophy philosophically uh, at the moment um so but yeah, Richie Watson UK uh, with a, without the E, it's R I C H I Watson 
UK, um, Insta, Facebook, and that's my website too, richiewatson.uk, Richie without an E. Awesome. Well, thanks, Richie. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. No, I really, I really enjoy it. I always enjoy talking and good luck with the podcast. I'm sure it's going to go really well.